0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Made in Mercer's. You're with me to episode four now. So we're in it for the long run. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all your support. And we hit 200 listeners the other day, which was big for me, man. That means a lot. So uh, thank you very much for the support along the way. Um, please follow my Insta at Made in Mercers Podcast. podcast. Um, all the links are in the bio. So please follow, support, share if you want to share. You know, if you're enjoying it, please share along. I've got a very special guest with me today. He does everything. He does it all. By day, he's a software developer. By night, he's running his own salsa club. He's one of the teachers there, and he hosts the lessons, he's great. And on the side of that, as if it wasn't enough, he also has his own property maintenance business. And most importantly, above all, he is the father of two amazing boys. I'll give you my brother, Imran. Welcome to the podcast, bro. Hey,
1: Saj. Uh, Pleasure to be invited here, bro. I was wondering when I was going to get my invite from the first first episode I started <laughs> listening to it, to be honest with you. I was like, this guy, this guy started this whole thing up and he didn't even shout me. I'm like, I'm wait. I, and I didn't even message you. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back like a grumpy kid and just wait for that, that invite to come in the inbox. Lo and behold, you're, you're, you know me, okay? you're a
0: difficult one to get hold of. That's what I thought. You know, maybe we'll get one for 2022. So I thought I'll put the, put the invite in now and then see what happens.
1: Oh, you're smart. So <laughs> the traction, the traction is growing now, the 200 listeners, so it's a good time to bring me in.
0: You have to bring the celebrity in for the 200, you know what I mean? So, uh, now, thank you for being here, bro. Um, That's all good. So in terms of your background, tell me about it. How did you grow up? Where are you from? What's your ethnicity? Let's do it.
1: Um, okay, so... Well, you know, I guess the listeners don't know. My my background is uh, mixed, so I'm half Irish and half Pakistani. Um,
0: Crazy flavors. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Growing up, I don't know how I kind of referred to it. It was, you know, on those little forms that you fill out the surveys. <laughs> right. So so nowadays, it's like there's so many different combinations you can go for. Like It's, it's got it down to a T. So now it's like mixed, white. Asian or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's really specific. Yeah. Whereas back in the day it was like you're white, you're black, you're mixed race, or you're other. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just like, you know what? Even though looking at it now, technically I'm mixed race, mm. growing up, especially in London, when you hear mixed race and you think it's like do you know what I mean? It's like a light skin or a brown person, or yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like you don't fit the the visual of a mixed race person, so that uh like, oh, you better take other because <laughs> like, people don't think I'm just chatting rubbish so, so yeah I guess I kind of fell into the other category but that, uh, you know what, that kind of suited me fine because you know I don't really like to fill out those those forms but um, yeah I don't know like growing up I know it's hard to say but I kind of shied away from the Pakistani side to be honest Okay. I always said like I don't know, it, it's hard because like, my dad left when I was young mm-hmm. and there, there was that Sort of always that dynamic there with my mum and my mm-hmm. brother, um, and we were quite tight knit. And I didn't, again, talking about a visual, I don't fit the visual look of someone that's from Pakistan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm sure you'd agree with that. And it was
0: <laughs> like no comment, no comment.
1: No, no, but do, do you know what I mean? The stereotypical. If we're going to talk about stereotypes, data, but do you not? Know, do you understand what I'm talking about? I know you are talking about. And, talking about. And, it's, and, and it's like, especially growing up in somewhere like. I was in Harrow when I was growing up, when I was younger, and there was a lot of sort of, um, especially at school, like racial slurs getting thrown around and um, especially like words like Paki and all that kind of stuff. And it was, Mm -hmm. I guess it was a way of me shying away from it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I guess it was quite weak now that I think of it, but it was just, I was embarrassed about the whole situation at home and things that had gone on with my dad and all that kind of stuff. So I was just like, let me just pretend I didn't even know the guy, pretend I didn't even know where I was from, and I'm half Irish and half something. And as far as I was concerned, it was like, that half something could be anything. And to be honest, like, that has kind of carried me through my whole life anyway. Like, people think I'm half Irish and could think I'm literally half anything at this point. Um, so, has yeah. That 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 changed that changed from... Um Yeah, now I tell people straight up. Um, after I played a guessing game with them, of course, you know what I mean, I always ask them You <laughs> you like, You know, you know it's just, where do you think I'm from? Kind of thing. But yeah, after I tell them straight up, because you are, you are at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? When you're younger, you kind of, I guess you think too much about it or too much about what other people think. And then when you get older, you're just like, I am who I am, I am what I am. Like, if people like me, they like me for me. It's not where I'm from or any of that kind of nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So just... Yeah, I guess you kind of mature as you as you age.
0: So one thing, bro, I wanted to ask you about because I know we've spoken about this in the past, right? And it always makes me laugh, is because you're so varied I don't in terms know what's of like <laughs> <laughs> in, you're terms of, already. in terms of your complexion and like your, you know, just how you look, you must have had some crazy guesses in terms of where you're from. So, what's the maddest oh. guesses you've had? <laughs> Alright, so again, before I say anything, yeah, like
1: you were saying, I'm quite, for someone that's mixed with Pakistani and Irish, like, my dad is dark, like, you know, like, one of those dark Asian people, like, really, really, like, not, not brown, dark, dark, Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm really fair in comparison to to that, but i start subtly. So growing up in North London now, so I moved, I moved to North when I was quite quite young, probably eight or nine. Right. Um, North London is just full of Turkish people, Greek people, Kurdish people, and I kind of fit that demographic really well. Mm. So everyone like from the area is always like, yeah, I've, you must be from somewhere like that. So straight away, that's a no. But yeah, I think the wildest one I must have got I don't know what kind of drug this guy was on but he said he asked me if I was Nigerian and I was just like I don't even know where you pulled that out from like wait 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 not even someone I know it's not even someone I knew like it was someone I think I was talking to at work but wasn't even like part of the office or anything it was just a passing person and then two twos we were talking about something and I don't know where it came from. But it was like, have you got Nigerian in you? And I was just like,
2: what? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> no. See, for those people that obviously don't know what Imran looks like, he's the furthest thing <laughs> from Nigerian looking. As you can imagine, like he's very, very light-skinned and yeah, like very I European I, I features. The Greek
1: and, I, I, I understand the Greek and the Turkish. Like, I I do feel like I fit that demographic quite well. I could easily blend. But I don't know where, what this guy was on, man. I really don't.
0: Oh, that's two jokes. That's two jokes. Yeah.
1: But I feel like with my with the way I look, I can say I'm half Irish and half anything. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of use that to my advantage when I go away. So if I if I go to Egypt, I can easily say I'm half Egyptian. If I go to Spain, I can easily say I'm half Spanish or Italian or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Because... Mm. It's very hard to pinpoint, especially these days, everyone looking so different. You could well be, you could easily be.
2: Yeah,
0: true. You've so got that to yeah, your advantage. I mean,
1: it's definitely, it's, yeah, it's definitely been an advantage, easily been an Apart advantage. Apart from
0: you can't speak any of other languages, yeah? <laughs>
1: no, but I've always just, I've played the whole thing of, yeah, my dad left when I was young and boom, I'm half Egyptian now. So just stop haggling me, like, I'm, like leave me alone when I'm walking down the street. And it worked every time. It literally worked every single time. Like the second you could, you know how to say like something, even in Arabic, just to say no, thank you, or leave me alone, or whatever. They'll kind of just leave you alone. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah, yeah. So I was quite blessed. I kind of fit into most cultures, luckily. But African, I feel like that might be a step too far right about now. North Africa, cool. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> the guy <laughs> asked <asking laughs> about the South, Nigerian.
1: Yeah! Wow. <laughs> that was definitely the maddest. part. <laughs> I have found someone else that has my mix. No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My very first job. Crazy. Like it was the only guy that has ever guessed it. But obviously he was the same. But it was the opposite. His dad was Irish and his mum was Pakistani. Which wow. is like, which is mad. Yeah, yeah. And and the really weird thing, his name was Imran. No. I swear on my life.
0: That's so weird. Yeah, man. it
1: was crazy. Yeah, 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 that was like a gobsmack moment.
0: So obviously, like you said, you were like less inclined to talk about the Pakistani side. Does that mean you fully like embraced the Irish side or did that not really occur either?
1: You know what? When I was younger, it was a case of... It was very conflicting because, like... My mum was from Ireland, as I was saying, mm-hmm. and she converted fully when um, she married my dad. So I was raised as a Muslim child. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that culture was really embraced, especially in my family home. Even when, when, when my dad left, like, still Muslim, we still carried on exactly the same way kind of thing. Do you know I mean, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, still had a tight connection with my sort of grandparents and my cousins and all that kind of thing. Um, so the culture was still there. Um, but it was very conflicting because they are literally two opposite ends of the spectrum. So it's kind of like you've got the my grandparents on my Pakistani side who were like big Muslims. Do you know what I mean? They're like mm-hmm. very, very traditional. And then you flip over to my Irish side and you've got very strict Christians. Right. It's like you kind of get in the best of both worlds, but at the same time, you kind of, especially at a young age, you're kind of sitting there like you're spinning plates all the time because you're trying to please one side and then at the same time, you're thinking you might need to try and please the other side And yeah. especially when you start to get your own consciousness and you think, okay, what do I want now? It's, a, it's a kind of like the feeling of when you grow up not knowing what football team you're supporting. The first football team you support is like whoever the first person you liked was or whoever the first person <laughs> who told you about football was. You know what I mean? And then yeah, you get yeah. your own sort of thinking about things and you're like, okay, I actually want to support this thing um and i think when that realization came in it was like okay like i've been brought up a muslim do i want to be one i've got this other option of christianity there's all these other options going on now as well and it's like what am i embracing what am i what am i doing as a person not what do my parents want or my grandparents want or do you know what i mean what's the family mm. dynamic like and i've never been once sort of been pressured into any of those kind of decisions it's always been how i felt or how i've wanted to do but saying that i've always been very respectful of other people's faith and other people's sort of um I guess ways of life so yeah. like I said I was quite close with both my grandparents on both sides and it's like it was a little bit like spinning plates going going and going in sometimes just with the um I guess the respect just just to keep try and keep everything respectful do you know what I mean Mm. You don't want to upset them at the end of the day and it's and it's a hard conversation to have someone with someone who who only believes that one thing and and back in the day like it's very yeah it's it's just hard to convince them that there are other ways of life and that are uh, there's no right or wrong here like yeah. they're very set in their ways and it's like having that conversation is like banging your head against the brick wall so it was easier to just just embrace embrace it at the time
0: so how did that play out then? you went through the young Muslim years and then what happened to be honest I'd, even now like
1: I, faith, faith isn't really for me that like, I don't I, I don't overly believe in God like um I would say I'm if, if I'm going to label it as more of an atheist do you know okay. what I mean I'm more I'm more hedged towards the sort of scientific side of things mm-hmm. um I pass no judgment on anyone's side. You know that already. I've got people from all, all walks of well, okay. on this topic, let me just <laughs> on this topic. I, I, do you know what I mean? I've got I've got people from all all walks of life around me. Like, and I've I've got no no problem with it. And I'll, I'll embrace people for what they believe and who they are. Um, and I'll I'll throw my two pence in when I'm when I'm ready as well, just to sort of throw a spanner in the works. But um, yeah, just. Uh, I would go atheist if you were going to ask me. What 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 am I doing now?
0: I hear that. I, hear I don't that.
1: follow any religion. Struggling. Mm.
0: So, in terms of like each side and the heritage of it, does that mean anything to you? Like, is there something you'd ever explore, going to visit, checking it out where you where you come from, or does that not appeal?
1: Yeah. So, like for example, I would. I haven't been to Pakistan yet, and I would love to go. Do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like that—that's that's it is part of who i am and like i told you I, I neglected it for so long it wouldn't feel right if i've been visiting all these other countries in my life and i've ever been essentially home um i had no real interest in it originally because mm-hmm. like i said we we had a sort of bad breakup from from sort of a family altercation when i was quite young and it kind of just stirred me away from that whole whole sport side of things um but yeah, I would, I would definitely love to go there. Like, I love i love the food. I love the culture. Like, It's got a bad stigma around it because of press and everything in the last 10, 20 years. But do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's kind of like one bad apple in the bunch. It's kind of sport the whole lot. Um, but I don't see it that way. And I'm more than happy to go there. Um, the issue with me, when last time I thought about going there was... Um, for example, like I went to America. I, I can't remember what it was for. I think it was for one of my friends, stag dudes, or something like that. No, it wasn't. It was. It was before that. It was after I left uni. And man, they just they just violated me because of my name.
2: Yeah. Like
1: proper violated me. And they told me like, if I had been to a country like like that before even coming here, it would have been like ten times worse. And I was just like, wow, the restrictions are just. That's just so short-sighted. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? These people. So I think that inhibited it a little bit, but that's going back ten years. I've, I've, I've had no excuse since then, really, apart from I guess having the kids and whatever. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely on my on my bucket list. I need to get out there. Like, I've been Ireland a hundred times, a hundred times over, but I guess it's it's just over the road, technically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's easy to get you, you got to jump out there soon. I we'll guess we'll be going together afterwards. Oh, we're lockdown. gonna have to
0: book the family trip now, isn't it? <laughs> get the big old villa with the 10 bedrooms and that,
1: villa, really, you know, you mean cottage?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I said villa, <laughs> them Irish villas that you hear about. <laughs> nah, for real. I said, um, I said to my wife, I think in the next few years we'll definitely go because they do like a yearly family visit, like the older generation. So, I yeah, think yeah, I'll yeah, probably, I'll probably jump in one of them and just see what the vibe is, man. I'd be the I'm only like brown guy within, like, a thousand miles.
1: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, it's different over there now, man. It's not as bad as people think. It really, really isn't. Like, I remember when I was growing up, you didn't see a lot of coloured people out there. But now, it's... <laughs> I'm not going to say it's anything like London. but Of course not. But, do you know what I mean? It's not as... Um, few and far between, I would say. and And... It's just mad, especially when you see the, like, someone that isn't, I I, know, like, I sound racist saying all this kind of stuff, but when you see someone that isn't white and out there, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. start speaking with the accent, it's just the maddest thing. <laughs> it's just the maddest
2: thing. Yeah, you
0: know thing. what? <laughs> I've, I've heard there's a couple accents. One is the Irish accent, and the other one is the Scottish accent. If you see a oh, brown person speaking with either yeah. of those accents, it's just like, what is going on here?
1: Yeah, brown, black, like, any, anything that just doesn't, Fit, you wouldn't associate with that country. It's just yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: but it's crazy because I guess once upon a time that would have been the UK. Do
0: yeah, you know exactly. what I mean,
1: like, why is this person speaking with an English accent or a London accent? Or same with America, even.
2: Yeah, no, exactly.
1: It needs to just become the uh norm.
0: In terms of your your upbringing, is there anything you can see culturally that has an impact on like the morals and things that are important to you?
1: yeah I well culturally, it's not a case of that shaped my morals mm. because I feel like people that have been exposed to the same thing have can have worse morals or terrible morals you know what I mean, I don't think that shapes a person's morals per se, but I think it gives it gives people i guess a upper hand or or a sense of direction when they're making a decision um, Mm -hmm. further down in life or and this isn't just about my 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 heritage like I'm being very generic here I think that any sort of religion or any sort of influence from when you're young is can can be deemed a good thing if if it's I guess nurtured properly do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like you've got the extremists and things like that um when it comes to religion that could effectively negatively impact someone's morals and things but um yeah I just feel like on on my side like a lot of things come from my grandparents um, and I feel like that generation was always the most um respected and sort of set the foundations and the laws and um within the family units do you know what I mean Mm. and I don't know if it's the same for you I'm, I'm guessing it kind of is like sort of rules of the household kind of get passed down from them and they kind of shape their children effectively our parents and then it kind of gets passed down to us so um yeah you just got i think you just got your grandparents to think whether they're good people or bad people i think that's where your influence kind of comes from from
0: an early age yeah no, i agree 100 percent. i think um they So my grandparents are first generation immigrants. So for for them, this culture and this environment was completely new. So I think they came over with absolutely no desire to integrate with British culture. They came over the
1: same. mm,
0: They came over with their food, you know. So like, we ate rice and curry every day. As ashamed as I was to admit that as a kid, that's how it was because my parents. what I'm
1: saying. The kid, the kid thing is just like. It was wrong how we were made to feel, even though no one physically made us to feel that way. Do you know what I mean?
2: Mm.
1: It was just whatever we saw or whatever influences we had around us made us feel that there was a certain stigma. certain things you could say or certain things you couldn't say, and there's a stigma around sort of Asian people or always. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? And I don't think that's that changed too much. Nah. I don't know about young kids
0: now, but I, f- I still feel the same kind of way. Um, Definitely, man. Yeah, I remember like um, being in secondary school, and kids used to like talk about whatever they ate for dinner or whatever, and it got to the point where we used to have to start making stuff up because they used to be like, "Oh, like I had, I don't know, like fish, fish fingers and chips last night with peas," and I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool," and I'd be like, "What did you have?" And in my mind, I'm like, I had chicken curry last Korean night. Rice. And then the night before that, I had chicken curry. And the night before that, I had lamb curry. And the night before that, I had prawn curry. And I'm thinking, I need to mix it up. I need to diversify my portfolio up in here. God. And I used to be like, yeah, yeah, no. Nah. do you know what? I had fish fingers too. And then I look back and I think, why was I so ashamed? I was having flavours, boy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, and
0: yeah. I used to be Compared embarrassed. Compared
1: to the Bland Planet that we wanted to...
0: do you know what I mean (laughs) like what are we doing oh man I was having all them spices them flavours and I was complaining thinking man they're gonna say my breath stinks or they're gonna say like I don't know like I remember one of the things was curry muncher yeah that was Mm. a proper diss and that one used to hurt me but I have no idea why it did because I think back and I was like hell yeah I was a curry muncher I'm still a curry muncher now bruv yeah you know what I mean (laughs) But it was, yeah, oh, it was such a stigma attached to that, and I feel like that, the smell and like the, I don't know, like your fingernails being coloured, yellow because you ate yep, curry, or yep,
2: something.
0: Fingers, yeah, with fingers, yeah, all that kind of stuff was big. And I, like I, I look back and I think you know I'd never want my my children to feel any type of way about you know the food that they eat because it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a it's a thing that brings us together, but also keeps us unique. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Mm. But, you know, that is what it is. Right. So one thing I want to talk about is language. And, you know, I know you've got you've got a fair mix there and you've been brought up around, you know, even where you live, brought up around um, multiple cultures and ethnicities. So one word is the segment. And we asked a guest to give us one word. It can be from their native language. And it's something that, you know, doesn't necessarily translate or isn't commonly known to English-speaking people. Have you got a word for us today?
1: Uh, yeah, I just want to sort of uh, put, the, put it out there that I don't speak any other languages, so I'm really, like, bad at this kind of stuff. But um, I, I guess you're, you're lucky you called it one word, otherwise I would have been really stuck. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, the Irish and Pakistani guy that speaks one language... Yeah, I know, it's mad, is it? <laughs> the plot thickens. No, I'll joke it, I'll it, I'll it.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so in um, Pakistan, the native tongue is obviously Urdu. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give you the Gaelic words, like the ones I know I'm not even going to bother trying to trying to share, share with you because the, the, the translations... Are, not fit for the program let's put it that way okay and um, so, so we'll keep it we'll keep it with, we'll keep it with the, the Asian side of things but um yeah so the, the word that I was gonna use was um, rat Kakana okay um, and that I guess loosely translates to like dinner or food um, sort of like a supper okay um, so you can't you'd kind of say it at the like eat for the evening meal
0: Mad yeah yeah, yeah. now I hear that that's um that's a new one to me I mean obviously I don't speak Urdu anyway as I've said in previous episodes but um I'm liking it I am I feel like one day I'm gonna try and recall all of these words and just start like meeting people from these places and just busting out these route Kakana yeah what are you saying yeah all right do you know what I mean just like yeah but come
1: on look at you you've got you've got your native tongue you've learned you've learned a language like since I've known you you didn't learn you didn't know Arabic when I first met you this is
0: true yeah you know I, I mean
1: you've, you've developed that whole other language in the last what has it been 10 years I not you you haven't been learning it for 10 years but do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean 10, ten <laughs> nah. years ago 10 years ago you couldn't speak it
2: yeah true really very true
1: so
0: never say never mm. all right yeah I'll give you that I'll give you that <laughs> i am um, i'm trying to learn as many as i can to be fair i think i'm gonna to have to move on and uh try something new soon because i think i feel like languages and I, I worry sometimes that english is going to become so prevalent like 100 percent, or something is yeah or so, yeah or something is where you know people lose their identities and for me like knowing my parents and how much it matters to them and my grandparents especially the only way they can communicate is bengali so I want to try and do something, you know, to, whether to, I try and preserve my own or learn more just so I'm able to, you know, keep something alive. So then I can say, you know, it wasn't my generation that killed it. At least we tried. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's going to be a generation that's just like, you know what? I can't be bothered to do this anymore. I'm just going to yeah, speak English 100%. and that'll be it. And their kids will never, ever learn. Um, yeah. And it's something I've been asking, like the guests and stuff, like, is there a pressure from them to teach their kids another language? And, you know, everyone I've spoken to about it so far has said no, not at all. Like, if they lose the language, they lose the language. It's hard now because we're in a situation where we only speak English at home. Like, even me, like I only speak yeah, English at home now.
1: My, yeah, it's not it's not the first language at
0: home, so it's very difficult to. And then, you know, some people try that whole, like, oh, we'll teach them the native language at home. And then when they go to school, they can learn English. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Have a fresh, like, child that goes into the nursery, <laughs> has no idea what anyone's saying. And they're like, do you want a biscuit? And he's just, like, looking around, like, I don't know what that means. No chance, man. So for me, it's yeah, like, I'm trying little things, like, sit down. Do you want to eat? Come here. Do you know what I mean? But really.
1: It is like a catch-22. But you'll probably find with development-wise that, if you even if you maintain doing that, like keep doing it, you'll you'll see a frustration phase where they're either getting them mixed up or you don't know what they're saying back to you, whether it's whether they're speaking in Bangladeshi or whether they're speaking in, in um, uh, English. But once you get past that stage and they're able to differentiate, it will it will kind of all simmer down a bit. Mm. Um, just just I, I think it's worth persevering with if I'm, if I'm honest with you. Just don't get frustrated with it if you're not getting the results straight away. Like, I'm gonna try, man. It's the best like, I can do. Yeah. Yeah, I, ca- I can't do that with my kids, you know what I mean? Physically can't, so
0: that's why I'm egging you on a little bit here. <laughs>
1: so you're doing it for our, for our generation, said keep it Listen, going, now,
0: you need to learn Gaelic <laughs> or something. It's like dropping the Gaelic. i allow it. <laughs> Wait, so hold on. So it's, what's funny, your... it's funny,
1: because no one even calls it Gaelic over here. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's like Irish, Irish, Irish. Well, yeah, Irish please. isn't even a language.
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> People, man. Might... This is what I mean. This is why languages are being lost. People don't even know what the names of the languages are these days.
2: Yeah,
0: crazy. So okay, talking about um, something we touched upon a bit earlier, food, and I said you know it's something that unites us, something that brings us together, and like one of the things I'm finding really interesting is hearing about different people's culture, their food, and what they what they remember, what the smell was growing up. You know what dishes really mean home to them and i've had some some mad ones throughout and you know my own experiences i'm sure you know i've told you a million times curry and rice every day so mm. what was that for you what was growing up what's food like for you and what can you remember of that time
1: it's Funny you ask that because i literally had sort of you know one of the moments in your life where you just get transported back mm. in time to to just from a smell, or from a from something you've seen, or it just brings you and absorbs you right back into a memory. Mm. And um, so I was around, I was with my uh, grandpa a couple of weeks ago. I brought the kids around there to see him because he he, he managed to get his jabs and whatever. Um, and my cousins have been living with him because my my uh, grandma died a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, so so he's there, kind of looking after him. And there was he was cooking some dal or something at the time and i just walked into the kitchen and it just literally the smell the fragrance it just kind of brought me right back to when i was younger and it was <laughs> like oh man like you you don't understand it it was like whether you'd already eaten or you hadn't eaten or you were going home to eat like and you were going to get in trouble for eating at grandma's house it was like the second you stepped in there she wouldn't let you leave until you'd eaten and yeah, yeah, eaten yeah. at least three dishes do you know what i mean every mm. dish had something different in it you had naan bread galore and it was just like yeah sit down at the table even if you're on your ones you're just sitting there on the table and it's just like yeah just just back it <laughs> forget about the consequences after forget about what's happening when you go home just just naan the food man <laughs> and it literally just brought me back to that and that that was some of the best food I think I've ever had but like, I couldn't tell you all the names I couldn't tell you everything that we had and whatnot what but yeah that's what made me fall in love with sort of Pakistani food like really fall in love with it because grandma's house, man that's... Uh, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of Asian people fit feel the same way. Do you know what I mean? Especially from like you were saying first first generation immigrants. Like, they've literally brought the flavours of the home to, to the UK.
0: Yeah, man. And it must have been hard. Can you imagine like the first time you go to like a English greengrocers and you're like, yeah. uh, turmeric, turmeric? Or not even it wouldn't be turmeric, it'd be Haldi, Haldi. And they're like, what is this yeah. guy saying? And then you're looking around yeah. for this yellow spice, you're never gonna find that. They had to bring it all over, start Big like importing. Over. Yeah, man. Honestly, yeah. Let me tell you. So every time my uh, granddad goes to Bangladesh, right, he first of all, yeah, Bengalis are nice when it comes to flying. They're You're all going like... to bait him out now, aren't you? Now nah, I'm not going to bait him out. I'm going to bait <laughs> out the entire culture. So what okay. they do, yeah, is they're Old like drug for the spice. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent, bro. They're like drug mules, but the food version, yeah. They'll just be packing the maddest stuff. And there's one thing, uh, there's a food, right? It's called hutki, or some of the the formal, like the rich Bangladeshis listening will be like shutki, yeah? And basically, what it is, it's fermented dried fish and it stinks. It's proper, proper nasty to smell, but the taste is delicious. So this thing, right, you can't get this. You can get it here. You can get it because it's obviously a type of fish, but there's Nothing like the Bangladeshi version, <laughs> so you'll get right guys or like families that will request it if they know you're going back home. They'll be like, Yo, can you get me some of that shudki? and then like you'll be back home and then you'll we'll be get like, a souvenir, bring,
1: bring it, bring this
0: thing. Back. Oh, pe- people don't ask for souvenirs, bro. They ask for that. It's like these, there's this specific like specific type of berries called boroy, and you, I don't even think you can get them in this country, but they're like this really sour berry, and um they'll bring back like kgs of them extra suitcases and my granddad he's one of them he'll like proper bring back loads of stuff for people and then he'll be like yeah here you go here you go here you go and uh yeah man it was hard work for them I feel like you know they established this whole ability to live in your culture here because if you didn't they would have been eating fish fingers and chips like everyone else but you know we you know we have that that appreciation because we know that you know how hard they worked and that feeling that you said you had when you walked into the kitchen wouldn't have been possible without you know the efforts that they made for us you know what i mean yeah exactly that yeah it's a beautiful thing man i think um i really take
2: it for oh, granted food's,
1: food's amazing man food food is just a different level of a sense mm. that yeah you're right it does get taken for granted people just kind of cut cut the food and swallow it they don't really appreciate it anymore do you know I mean, everyone's in such a rush to kind of just, just fuel their bodies and keep it moving, especially in London. I feel like the oh. actual art of the art of eating has been sort of subdued uh, quite substantially.
0: We know about the art of eating, though, is it, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. That's for a different podcast. <laughs> for bro, uh, we've eaten. We've eaten well in life. So, I mean, Ooh, I feel like yeah, if we stopped that's... now, we still would have won. <laughs> yeah, we've done all right still. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So another thing I wanna I wanna talk about, and uh, this one this one is great. It always brings out a laugh and uh, gets us to explore a little bit deeper into a culture. Is stereotypes right? So I've spoken a whole bunch about my stereotypes and personal Bangladeshi ones, but are there any stereotypes that you have? Obviously, being uniquely mixed race in probably a mix. That I don't think I've ever come across before, do you have on either side or both or uh, a stereotype that you can share with us today or a few stereotypes?
2: Um,
1: yeah, I think I'll stick more towards the Irish side because I feel that's not going to get touched upon for a little while on the podcast anyway. <laughs> um, well, I don't know who else is coming, but do you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like the Pakistani side. You don't know. I could bring I, out... I, 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 Either has already been touched on, or kind of integrates into into other people's cultures. Whereas the Irish ones, um... all right, I'm gonna just drop it out there. The first one that always comes to people's minds when they think of Irish people is, is potatoes. And all I've got
0: my whole life is just like Potato Boy, or <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Someone used to call you Potato Boy.
1: <laughs> no, not someone called me Potato Boy, but do you know what I mean you've heard the names has been thrown there's just like. Come on, man, we don't all just eat eat potatoes, do you know what I mean? I swear to God. No one's ever used
0: that that as a diss. You just made that up right now. Nah. (laughs) Why would I make that up? No one's ever used a potato boy as a diss. Potato boy? Nah. Yeah? I'm going to verify with my Irish my uh, contacts. Do that. I'm going to reach out. Listen, If you're listening, guys, and you're Irish, yeah, please, in the comments... Leave a comment if you've either been called potato boy or potato girl. I need to know. Can you verify this information for me? <laughs> anyway, okay, so go on, you're, potatoes. You're, you're, Sorry.
1: You're taking it away. Yeah, potatoes. That's the first one. I think the second one, sort of um, stereotype around Irish people is that they're all drunk. <laughs> 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 like, I swear, if you ask 90% of people, are going to say potatoes and drunk people. If you ask them about Irish <laughs> Like, I can't think of any two better stereotypes to kind of describe them. But like do you know what I mean, it's it's like it's like anywhere, like one one bad apple kind of spot the bunch, I think, for these things here. Like <laughs> so now everyone's labelled a drunk where I don't think everyone really drinks, to be honest with you. Well, not everyone drinks to the uh, to the state of paralytic anyway. And yeah, with food, like they, they don't just eat potatoes, man. Like they've got some, they've got some really nice food. Um, what do they eat? You, well, they don't have potatoes for breakfast. I can tell you that much for a fact. You <laughs> probably get um, soda bread, something like that, fresh soda, Irish soda bread, or um, you'll get an Irish breakfast, which is like a similar to an English breakfast, fry up. but um, I think the difference is you get sort of black and white pudding with it. Mm. Um, dinners or lunches you've got sort of bacon and cabbage or you've got irish stew or something like that like i'm trying to i'm trying to think of all these things stay away from potatoes potatoes. yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) all right i'm run out now i'm
2: done
1: i was waiting
0: for a jacket potato (laughs) roast
2: potato no no no,
0: Allow it (laughs) there
1: will definitely be mashed potato on the table trust me
2: how are you gonna say
1: irish stew
0: stew and not have any potatoes in it yeah it's definitely a potato it. Nah, that's yeah, maybe the stereotypes maybe it's not a stereotype maybe it's just facts I mean this is what I'm saying I think stereotypes are all facts and then someone just took it a little bit too far one day and then it became like the joke Crazy. but really yeah <laughs> basically yeah this was, is what I'm trying to do when
1: we were all saying it but the second you say it like you are taking it too far now now
0: now it's beef <laughs> that's literally what a stereotype is don't no Mm. This is why the beauty of having this podcast and sitting in my seat is that I get to ask you lot what the stereotypes K. are Devil's advocate. and then yeah. I just laugh at them. <laughs> but I'm not actually, you know, I'm not actually triggering anyone because it's not me saying it. You're allowed to say it being Irish, but obviously I can't go there. I'm just allowed to laugh at the potato boy jokes. <laughs> so annoying. You haven't changed one bit, right? Come on, man. This is the beauty. This is the beauty of a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> right. Okay. So, um, moving on a little bit, do you know what the potato boy is a great segue? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna ride that one right into this conversation, right? <laughs> Growing up, so your name's Imran. Yeah. For anyone that knows and is familiar with that name—that's an Arabic name, typically associated to Muslims. Now, obviously, you were raised Muslim, you were born and raised Muslim, and then, as you said earlier, you. I guess transitioned and you say probably now you'd associate or identify as an atheist um but along that journey you know having the name Imran associated to you you mentioned the trip to America is there anything else uh in terms of where racism has affected you or you felt prejudiced or that someone's treated you differently because of either your name or the color of your skin or
1: um you know what I, it's hard for me to find uh like there's there's loads of subtle ones, do you know what I mean, over the years. But there hasn't been very many sort of big bursts of them. Like mm-hmm. I said, the biggest one was was probably the trip to America, where it was literally because of my name they held me in a in a room for like hours, missed my next flight, everything for absolutely no reason. I just finished university, and the thing is, I wasn't even going to America. I was on a connecting flight out, so they stopped me in transit. <laughs> like wow, I wasn't even yeah, it was crazy, absolutely crazy. And I was traveling with someone else and they literally turned to him and said, uh, yeah, you better go get on your next plane because your friend here is miss- missing his next flight. And I was just like, what have I done? Like, seriously? And and yeah, after the guy had finished interrogating me, he said, literally, it's because of your name. Like, and your name's flagged now. That's it forever kind of thing. And ever since then, security's just been crazy. I get, I'm on this blacklist now. Um, 100%, man. No, it's not it's not even it's blatantly on the blacklist. Like my ticket gets printed, and on the bottom right-hand corner of my ticket, it's got four S's. Yeah, and
2: yeah, it yeah. just
1: basically means like extra security. So every mm. time I go through a security thing, even if the thing doesn't go off, I get searched. Um, my bags—they don't go straight under; they get brought back to me in front when I'm about to step on the plane, and they get searched again in front of me. Like it's it's, it's actually annoying to be honest with you, and there's there's no way of getting off it. So I was doing some research and if you call up like the US embassy or you, the American sort of Interpol or whoever deals with it, I don't know. Um, immigration, sorry. I don't know why I said Interpol. Um, Interpol is the international yeah, police. I, know, I, know I wasn't going to say anything. But... <laughs> You're just going to let me flow there, are yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I was going to leave a immigration. comment afterwards. <laughs> but if you call up immigration and ask them to come off because obviously doesn't like you shouldn't be on it, then they're more inclined to say why do you want to come off it if there's nothing wrong with you oh, okay do you know what I mean so then mm. you're even more blacklisted basically and it's just a horrible cycle yeah but yeah that's that's the main one but I think to, like going back to your original question about racism I feel like I think I've touched on it as well when I was younger and you kind of convince yourself that everyone's racist with you or around you without even necessarily having to say anything or do anything just by the way you see people interact or speak or talk or um, past interactions or past experiences um, you kind of make up your mind that okay if I say this one thing then they're going to be racist towards me or if I act in a certain way then they're going to think this towards me or and I think I've because I did that from such a young age I haven't had many racial experiences going Mm -hmm. forward because I've kind of shied away from everything. Like no one really knew where I was from. No one really, do you know what I mean? Even, even with my name, like I changed my name when I was really young to get rid of my surname because it it made, it was very, very Muslim. Do you know I didn't what I mean? know so that. I adopted, I adopted my Irish name. Um, just to give it a bit of diversity, do you know
0: what I mean? Mm. Um, <laughs> just to give you a chance in life.
1: Yeah, I, I, as bad as it is to say, but I, yeah, it was, it kind of felt like that at the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, there was, not I, I can't think of many, many like point blank racial, racial things. Like I said, people can't, don't really look at me and think, oh, you're from Pakistan or you're from Ireland or whatever. So it's very hard for someone to be directly racist to me because they don't really know where I'm from to be racist about me. Um, unless they kind of know my name or know where I am from. Um, so I guess it's a blessing in in, in, in a way, um, but yeah, like I said, when I went to Ireland when I was younger, now it's really like really clear to see people that um, aren't necessarily your typical white people in Ireland. But even when I was young, there going there, like all my friends were sort of bleached white, and we're me and my brother going there, and we're kind of olive skinned, and mm. you kind of feel like you're sticking out a little bit. Do you know what I mean? You already yeah. got the accent different and you're walking around with different kind of clothes to everyone. And now all of a sudden your skin color is a little bit different. But yeah, luckily, it's,
2: we are that's aware just of how that I
1: felt. But it's just how I felt. It's not how anyone made me feel. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not racism. It's, it's more of a, you make yourself feel uncomfortable in certain situations because of what you assume people are going to think rather your- than what's actually happening.
0: Yeah, you're like hyper aware.
1: Yeah, kind of thing. Mm. And don't know why. Don't have a clue why.
0: How young were you when you and first I, remember feeling that?
1: Um, young, man. remember my brother used to go to Ireland. We used to fly to Ireland just the two of us when we were like four. Right. Um, this is back when airlines used to let kids fly on their own.
0: Wait, as in um, with no adults?
1: No no adults man, three what? or four, I think it was, yeah, 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 yeah. you could fly when you were back in the day without adults, um so your your adult would bring you to the gate, then the airline would have hostesses that would bring you onto the plane, then they'd bring you off the plane on the other side to whoever you're meeting. Wow. it was great, man. We used to love it, like we used to get like the a one treatment. it was amazing, best way to travel ever because you skip all the queues, you get to <laughs> chill with all the hostesses, like it was great, but. but you know what i mean like it was really young when i when i first started going over there so you're looking like what 20 25 years ago now
2: Mm.
1: so things have definitely changed since then um definitely
0: that's um it reminds me because there's a example i often talk about like when i'm talking about this kind of thing being hyper aware and it's a lot later in life mine was about i mean I felt it from a young age. I remember feeling it at school and looking, looking down at my hands, and my hands being brown. And I always just look at my hands and think, "Why are my hands different?" But um, the example I often think about, I remember it so clearly, man, as if it was yesterday. I can close my eyes and remember. I had a meeting with the Department for Education in the government building, and I came to, I guess it's Westminster. And you come out and it's like House of Parliament and uh, big Ben on the other side of the river and then on this side of the river you've got like the government buildings. and I came in my suit and I walked over to this building and I went inside and hi, I'm here for my meeting with so- and so. yeah, great we'll take you through. They took me through. And the meeting was with 11 other suppliers, right? So they were like they were like, um, yeah follow you know follow us come into the room. I'm looking around and I feel like I started feeling like anxious in my chest. I didn't know why. And then I get into this room and I look around and every single person in the room is about 45 years old and white, male, only male. And they're my peers. They're the people I work alongside, in, well, as in my counterparts and other companies. Mm. And I looked around and I felt like shriveling up and disappearing because I remember looking and thinking, yeah. I, don't, I don't belong here. What am I doing? Is like that
1: Homer Simpson mean when you go back into the bush?
0: Hundred, oh me. Oh, I wanted to go back into the bush as much <laughs> as I could because I looked around and I felt so insignificant. And that no one ever told me to feel that way. They didn't look at me funny, but yeah. I just felt like I don't belong here. And I always, 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 if I ever go back to that place in London, remember that feeling. And it's really prominent for me. It's because, almost
1: like a nervous, anxiousness, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and that was very much in later life, but now that's something that you know stays with me and i remember feeling that way as a kid and growing up but that for me was a the mat like the biggest indication was that i was a grown man i was established you know somewhat established in my job um you know i was a professional and we live in a time now where you know anyone can work anywhere uh, regardless Mm -hmm. of how they look how they talk whatever and you know i I always made a point, you know. I always had a fresh haircut. My beard was always trimmed up and wore a fresh suit. And I really wanted to make a good impression. And I got there and it was like, I could have been wearing tracksuits. Do you know what I mean? With a skin fade. They're still going to look at me the same. They're still going to look at me the same. That's what I felt like. My beard could have been down to my chest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Coming in there with like my mosque clothes on and that started reciting the calls for prayer and that. And yeah. people would have been the same because I felt like, you automatically have labeled me but they never they never said that no one ever said anything yeah but
1: like you said also there's no one said it to you and no one educated you about either do you know what i mean it was it was something that you had to learn on your own or, or an experience you had to experience on your own but now you've had that experience especially now you've got you've got a kid and you know kids in the future you, it's important that we pass those experiences on because we shouldn't let anyone feel like that mm. or let themselves feel like that because no one's doing it to them. Do you know what I mean? And if someone had told you, you want, like when you were younger, one day you might be in this situation, Saj, where you're going to feel a certain way, but just know that X, Y, Z. Do you know what I mean? At that moment, that could have calmed you down or that could have mm. that could have been the realization, oh, this is what dad was talking about when I was younger. Yeah, cool, I'm, I'm fine now, I'm ready to go, kind of thing. I don't feel like disappearing. Let me just integrate and cool. Mm. You know what I mean. So mm. uh, it's really important that we pass it on, especially uh, with our kids. Like your, 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 your blessing. Your son's gonna be a bit like like me, uh, a bit confused for a little while. Yeah, uh, he reminds me of you, a lot, you know, with the Irish and the Asian.
0: He's gonna be like, what box should I tick, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna. Hopefully, they have a box for him now, isn't it? The Irish and Bangladeshi Yeah
1: Well look at my ones man My ones are really confused like We've got God I don't even know what we've got We've got Irish uh, Pakistani Jamaican And Dominican Wow like a, Yeah that's, The next generation I reckon they're just going to be like These forms have gone out the window they
0: Yeah they, they can't do it anymore, anymore. They're going to have to <laughs> tick 12 boxes <laughs>
2: Like, Yeah
0: yeah, sick. no that's a beautiful thing man I always like I think that as well because now you know inshallah one day your children have children and like whoever they oh, the, the pool's just getting constantly mixed isn't it mm, that's what I mean and then it, it's, it's so integrated and it's like what are they going to get from where and which features and which like um, I don't know traits and it's going to be such yeah. a, like a, a beautiful mix and I always think about that like my son and we talked about it the other day I was like Give, like, I had a scenario and I was like, you know, my son might come home with a Somali woman one day. And like, that would be love, you know? But then I'd, And then I was thinking, I know nothing about Somali culture. And then I started playing out scenarios in my head, like we're going to have to go and meet oh, their God, in-laws man. and they're going to be Somali. And they're going to be like, oh, so, you know, do you like Somali food? And I'm going to be like, we're ignorant and that. And then I was thinking, what am I doing, man? This is nuts. Like, And then like my wife was like, you need to chill out, man. I was like, but this is what it was like for my parents because... I married an Irish woman and they had to meet an Irish family. And for them, that was like yeah. never, ever thought about. And then I started putting myself in that, you know, like what if he marries like a Bolivian? And I'm like, I don't know yeah. about, but I don't know about Bolivia. I don't even know. Stop worrying, man. You,
1: like, you can't even preempt these things. You just stressing yourself for no reason.
0: Oh man. Do yeah, you know what though? It it's not, not going to be like, it's not going to be like, yeah, dad,
1: I met this girl. We're going to meet her parents tonight. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have time to. If you want to do your research, you can do your research.
0: I'm gonna be on Google the night before, you know, looking up there, like presidents, like twenty years early. Oh man, you know me, and that's what I'm about.
1: But it does, it does make you feel like, let's say, in a hundred years' time, there might not even be things like racism anymore, because everyone's just so mixed. It's like, what, what will racism look like? Do you know what I mean? If it keeps going the way
0: it's going. I love the optimism, but for some reason, I just feel like they will. Always oh, maybe be not a hundred
1: those... years, but I'm saying eventually, once all the pools mix, I reckon there's going to be. Nah, I don't think the pools will all mix. There's going to be too many. people. There's going to be too. It has to. It has to. Same way, nah. like all the like. Or eventually, there'll be one dominating language. Eventually, there'll be no dominating race. They're all just going to be a big. but like even if you look now, all these ancestry reports I get. Mm. Like you might think I'm a hundred percent this and it comes back and you're like 60% that and 20% that and maybe 15% of something else. And you're like, where did all that DNA come from? So it's already started and people don't even know it yet.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. People hold on to these imaginary ideals. I'm a hundred percent. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. Because
1: they don't trace their family tree back more than, what two generations anymore okay yeah that's where that's where they lived so that's where I must be from
0: it's true I don't know man I'd like to think that one day there was you know there will be a time rather that people look around and everything do you know what though think about it what's what skin color is everyone going to be just like light skinned that's what I mean that's what I mean right it's just (laughs) it's exciting to think about
1: at the same time it's scary as hell because it's like it's either they're all going to be the same color which is like when you mix Black and white together, it's just gonna be like everyone's gonna be grey and just walking around like zombies, <laughs> <laughs> or everyone's gonna be like multicolored. Do you know what I mean like you're gonna get one really dark person or one really light person or mix this and every shade of brown you could possibly think of in between? And who knows? Like literally, who knows?
2: Yes, yeah, I really feel
1: like I'm I'm way off the point here, but yeah, I'm just
0: I don't remember how we got here to be <laughs> honest, but uh... rolling with the punches. <laughs>
1: Happens every time we talk, you know, we just kind of go off on a tangent and then what we even talking about to start with.
0: We're hypothesizing about the future of racism. Yeah, and and who your son's gonna bring home.
1: <laughs>
0: Madness. Um uh, you know what? It's been um it's been nice to talk about this because I think we have a, a common uh, a commonality, I guess, in that we both married different races completely to our own. And then you've got that it's not a challenge because I look at it as a positive in that raising your children, they're not going to be, I mean, it's very much, you know, in what you, in how you were raised in that you identify as both and you see both. But like, as we get into, you know, such a sensitive time around race and such a sensitive time around racism, you said it perfectly when you were talking about us giving them the lessons because, Oh, you have to you really have to my dad right my dad used to get beaten up so he'd come home from school and then he'd always say like there was these these English boys that used to wait for him outside of school and they'd beat him up and then that was a normal day for him and well they, they'd chase him and then he'd like run and then like yeah
2: was that your dad would be... born here, Sarge?
0: no so he came over when he was uh he's gonna screw if I get this wrong I want to say he was like six Five. or seven. Mine was five, I think, when you came over, five or six. Yeah, it's a similar type of thing. And then for yeah. me growing up, it wasn't the same. I didn't get beaten up because I was Bengali or anything like that. But I got racism yeah, you just up. got beaten up. I'm joking. <laughs> this guy, bro. I've got, I got, I got the racism in terms of like, I'm trying to be all serious here.
1: <laughs> I do not talk to you for so long, man. I feel like I have to keep dropping in these things because... I I like this is part of our catch-up, like this whole thing. You know what? I've tried
0: to avoid taking there. shots, but I guess we're just open now. So <laughs> let's just do it. Let's just keep it rolling. It's a, it's a free-for-all now. <laughs> Welcome to the two hour podcast. <laughs> Round one. You know that then Joe Rogan ones that are like four hours long. That's what it's gonna be like. Anyway, so I never had the violent side. I never had the opportunity to witness that. And you know, I'm grateful, I'm so grateful that it never happened to me that way because like, you know, that must be a whole different thing for him. But because of that, my dad, mm. he would tell me, you know, what it was like from him, from his perspective, getting beaten up and chased out of school. I never had that. I mean, I had these, there used to be these boys that used to wait outside of school for the Asian boys because they knew we hated dogs, right? It's not that we hated dogs. Let me just clarify for all your dog lovers out there. <laughs> I don't hate dogs. I'm just terrified of them. That's very different. So I'm not like a, you know, a dog hater. But he used to wait outside of school. And he used to have this like staff and it was big and it was nasty, man. And he used to just be growling at this like this tiny alley we used to have to walk through. He would stand there every day. So we'd have to wait half so an mean. hour. Huh? So mean. <laughs> oh, man, you know what? We used to ask any of my friends, right? Growing up, the whole of secondary school, maybe like. This
1: is secondary school?
0: This was in secondary school, year seven to probably year oh, 10, mate. maybe. He used to wait there every day. Every single day. So we used to wait for half an hour by the school gate until they used to leave. And then exactly. we used to walk through. And sometimes he would wait further down the alley so we couldn't see. And we'd get halfway down and he'd be there with his dog. Did, and then did you have... not
1: have like one friend to like sacrifice? Like,
0: this is your day. We did. Do you know what? There's see, a hilarious see. story, Do you know, yeah? You <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, my friends, when they listen to this, they'll laugh because there was, a one, there was one time one of my friends from school, I'm not going to say his name, but he knows who he is. He thought he had enough one day, yeah? He was like, that's it. Do you know what, yeah? I'm not waiting anymore. Every time, every day, they make us wait and they 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 mock us. So I'm, that's it. Today I had enough, bruv. So he charged through the alley. He crossed the road, went across to the alley. yeah. he
1: charged through the alley just so he could go home on time or was it to actually do something to the guys?
0: Just so he could go, home on, go yeah. home on time. Just to go home on time. It wasn't to do something. He wasn't trying to start beef. He just wanted to get yeah, home yeah. on time. So he was like, that's it. So he went and the dog was there. The guy was there with the dog. And <laughs> this guy storms across the road, chest puffed out. He's like, yeah, that's it. I'm going home. And he comes up to the alley. So there was like a, do you know, like those barriers where they don't let like the bikes through?
1: Cars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah cars. The um, bikes. No, yeah.
0: And um, they had that. So you have to kind of like weave in and out. They had them. And then this dog just starts barking like mad at him. And then the guy lets the dog. I don't know if he let the dog off or he just extended the lead a little bit. And the dog jumped up on him and like ripped his jeans or like his jacket, whatever, his denim jacket, ripped his trousers, proper attacked him. And he just ran. He ran. We were there, laughing our heads off. Like all oh, my days, this guy sacrificed himself. At what cost? <laughs> like, you know, what? yeah. He I'm never recovered. feeling Like, okay, at least the dog's full now. Like, we were good. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, he's had his one attack for the day. <laughs> but like, um, that that it's stuff. Crazy. So that stuff used to be like, I I knew he knew that you know we hate we hated being around it. So
2: yeah.
0: it was that situation, and it was never like direct. So we're, like my point there was a mad long-winded story to get to the point but like the level of racism I had was completely different to my dad's and now you know as you said before like there's a lot of subtleties and a lot of little points made or you know a lot of like even just gestures or like yeah. body language yeah. and I feel like that will be more the way in which it goes in the future because there'll be people and you know what the world's like now? People get cancelled, people get called out, people aren't really willing to accept um, them standards anymore. So the people that are still incline. Well, racism inclined...
1: in the world is just crazy. That's a whole different topic, man.
0: You could yeah, I mean. For hours at the moment. But you have that, you have that. And people are, you know, they're mm-hmm. happy to voice their opinion, which is good. And it gives people a right to stand up. But that's where I feel like people who are still racist won't be outright calling people packies and whatever else. They'll be
1: something indirectly. Mm. Yeah. Oh Personally like be indirect
0: under the under the table kind of insults. Mm. And they're the ones that I feel like you know, I've had a lot of, but I feel like they will be the ones that will probably be the next generation's main Yeah, type. they're the ones you're gonna have to
1: prepare them for.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I'm gonna just say like your
1: dad probably prepared you for getting beaten up but that was never relevant. I mean you preparing them for someone waiting outside of a dog just won't be relevant. It would, it would be probably more verbal
0: at work. I think for me, um, like when I went to San Francisco, man, 2019, that was a mad the time. Good old
1: days when you could travel.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, how the world was different then, man. But, um, like you know, I got stopped the same way you did, and I mean, I didn't miss my flight, thankfully. But I, um, I can't remember if I had the four S's on my thing, but I went through and we were in a group, like a work group, and all the
1: some random selection
0: yeah, yeah, yeah so basically you put your pass you know your boarding pass down on the little scanner thing and then the glass door opens and my glass door didn't open of course and they were like <laughs> the red light's going off you know like when you can't get through at the train station and it says please seek assistance <laughs> yeah. that's what I got yeah. I got the please seek assistance so then I had to go and they were like sorry you're gonna have to come with us so I turned back to look at my colleagues like they're gone no 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 <laughs> it wasn't that like they were gone so there was still some behind me guess what they were doing oh man They they were laughing, man. And I was there and I was stressed the whole time. I was stressed. I didn't even want to go to America because of the situation, and Trump was in power, and there was the whole like Muslim ban on the specific countries and all this stuff. And I was stressed about it. And I turned around and they're laughing. The
1: the thing is, you can't blame them, Sedge. Like, you're either going to laugh or cry about these situations. And the way I see it is because it's so racist and it's so blatantly in your face racist you can't help but laugh at it. But like I know, for example, whoever I'm traveling with, I need to warn them like, okay, we're going through somewhere, but you're going to either have to wait for me or we're not making something. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just going to happen. Like, there's no randomness. It's just going to, it's the way of life now for traveling with me. And I'm expecting you to sit there and record it or wait for me to get it done because it's going to be hilarious for you to watch. Like I just know that that's, do you know what I mean? That's, that's, it's part of the experience now of going through an airport it's, is I'm going to get stopped or I'm going to get searched or I'm going to get some sort of special attention that shouldn't is has no no relevance and yeah. it's going to hold up the group so so what else are they going to do they, they might as well be their entertainment rather than them crying about it toward to, to, to us do you know what I
2: mean so I don't mean, be
1: upset or offended by it I know I, and I can hear by by your response and by about how you told the story that it's different for you because you're with work colleagues. If you are with your friends, imagine if you were with your friends. it would have been yeah, yeah, of course right? it would have been different. You probably would have been busting up as well. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's kind of one of those awkward ones where what what do you do apart from laugh at the time? Maybe be a bit concerned, but he can't even talk to you. So what, what, what would they do? What would you do if it was me? Or what would you do if it was one of them going through?
0: If it was one of them going through and they got stopped.
1: Yeah, you'd probably laugh as well.
0: No, I'd be like, stay safe out there, bro. That's it, innit? hold it
1: down no you would not come on be real like especially all right if the no, table no, the time no, hold on and you were going somewhere else and it would be a white guy getting stopped and going through cuz i'm assuming your fashion colleagues were white at the time
0: yeah you okay know what I mean?
1: if if the tables returned because now this is something that you don't see on the regular because this is something that they probably aren't witnessing on a regular basis you'd be like oh my god like this is blatantly racist like this is
0: does that mean they're allowed to laugh
1: no but it, you'd find it funny no, I don't I, know. I I just think. I think most people. I think you would.
0: If they got stopped because it was like, yeah, we think you're a cartel member, then I'd be like, yeah, that's jokes in it, and I'll probably laugh. <laughs> but, but I'm not gonna <laughs> just start busting up a- just <laughs> some random white guy just gets stopped. Because,
1: yeah, because you know they're getting stopped for nothing. You know they're gonna find nothing. You know you're just gonna be on your way in a minute. So,
0: did they do the know. swab test on you?
1: Define
0: what swab tests are here. <laughs> I don't research. want to know what type of swab <laughs> test you mean, if that's what you mean, because <laughs> my one wasn't that deep. Let me just put it you out there, like guys. On your, on your clothes and on your bags. Yeah. So it was like on it, but the But the worst one was on the inside of my. So I had um, yeah. tracksuits on the belt strap bit, wherever you call that bit, on the, where, the, where the drawstrings are on the inside of that. So like on top of my boxes. Yeah. They uh, they swabbed down there, and I was like, yo, this is a bit. And then. It was mad, you know. I was looking around, like, "What is going on here?" And I look around and I see another Asian dude with a backpack. I was like, "I know why you got stopped." Then I look at the other side and I see some. I'm, he was Mexican looking, had tats all the way up his arms, skinhead. I was like, "I definitely know why you got stopped."
1: That's, that's what I'm. But that's what I'm saying. You're saying all these things. You can you not see the slight humour in it?
0: No, I because see. It's I see what so, you're saying. It's
1: just so normal now. Do you know what I mean, it's just it's not even like they're trying to hide it. It's not even like they're gonna grab one person that might look like they're doing nothing and just bring them in. It's just literally all the stereotypes are getting hit, 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 hit. Yeah,
0: you know, but like, you know, sometimes yeah, you gotta bring, yeah. bring in that one Simon, isn't
1: it? Bringing the one Simon. That's what I'm saying. They're not. That's why it's so funny. they they're just not. They're just <laughs> just literally hitting all the stereotypes every single time. Black oh. guy, white guy. Do you know what I mean like it doesn't? It doesn't matter what country you're in. Whatever's racist in that country gets gets a good scene to on immigration, man.
0: Oh man, that one was a it was a mad experience. It always and and I go like, back
1: is that is that one of your first experiences like that?
0: No, man, what are you talking about?
1: In an airport, no, in an airport, like is it? Or no, it and, like, that's it,
0: happened. It's happened every time. It's happened every so, single time. The, so, the funniest thing, so is you that, knew it was coming. I, I was expecting it, of course But what I wasn't expecting was the reaction from my colleagues I thought they were going to hold it down And be like, oh, it's all good bro, we'll wait for you Or like, just be concerned They were just there creasing I was like, nah, you like, are I don't want to say the word on here, but <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then I, I walked that. through and then this is the thing. They went through the glass doors, went straight down through the you know, the nice little entrance Got their bags bay, and everything. Whatever that checkout bit is called. And then I was there yeah. on the separate little interrogation section, just filled with the brown people. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just in the brown zone <laughs> while you lot get to carry, like carry on and check in your bags and
2: let me yeah. really start
0: getting some some duty-free stuff. And I was like, nah, man, what's going on? And then like, so one of my friends. Um, He knows who he is He waited for me And um, We got through And he didn't like Make any jokes or anything We was cool but (sighs) Yeah I mean That will always stay with me I'm never going to go back now Because of that I feel like That's too much for me I can't deal with that again But You ask me how I've been Like I've been through it Every single time When I went to Turkey um, We properly We got properly Like spoken to And They did the proper swab tests man Like on every single item In our bags and stuff and then um, they dipped it in like these different like colors.
1: I'm laughing already. I'm sorry, Sam.
0: Bro, it was crazy. I swear. And then they were like no, asking us, I her, her. Was, they were like, Did you cross over to Syria? I was like, Do you know what? Yeah, I think this is, was my genuine reaction.
2: I was like, No, I don't know. no, of
0: course. <laughs> and I'm looking at the guy like, Come on, bro. You think I'm just going to be like, yeah, man. So I'm in Istanbul. Yeah, Blue Mosque. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Spice Market. All right, let's just jump over into Syria and see what ISIS are saying real quick. Yeah, yeah, You know what? Let's just do a weekend with ISIS, and then we'll jump back into Turkey and see what they're saying. And you oh, know, it'll, be, it'll be nice.
1: I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tell you what I did, that I did that.
2: <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> what?
1: You, you- like he's asking you You're not exactly Oh, Going yeah, to yeah. do it And come back and tell him yeah, Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, I went over there Do
0: like, you know what I actually took some pictures Whilst they were over You know me and ISIS We got way yeah. back So I was like I've got the selfies And then uh, yeah man So here's the evidence And then I was like Come on seriously And then he was like English accent And kept, kept it raving. Oh the, the full on interview voice No yeah. so uh, We were actually Just in Istanbul Yes um, Yeah just for a holiday Really yeah Here's my family And I went with my in-laws Right obviously They're all white so I was there looking like the coconut. Do you know what I mean? Like that 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 one token, to- 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 token, Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "Yes, no problem, okay." And then they just let me through, and I was like, "Yes, sweet." Oh, yeah, man. but
1: what would have happened if you went with your family?
0: That would have been it. would have been lo- airport lockdown. <laughs> they would have been like, "Okay, we need to check everyone's. We need to check the camera roll. We need to check the location you history." To, you
1: see what I'm saying? Like, it's just a mad topic again to just.
0: Check this one, check this one Me and my wife, yeah After we got married, we went to Fort Ventura um, Only because it was the only place with sun at the time But we went there And uh, we came back And I said to her, yeah I said, watch, you ain't never had this kind of trouble before But now you're with me, that's it You better get used to this (laughs) So she was like, what do you mean, what do you mean It's not going to be that bad, trust me And we come back, land in the UK Oh man, you know what, we landed And I was like, oh, home sweet home Love Heathrow coming through. It's all calm. We like, thought it's... you had made it. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. You get through like the. <laughs>
1: yeah, you get you get to UK and you're like, okay.
0: Whew. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm down done. I'm at
1: home. And then you get treated worse than when you're away. You're yeah. like, and they were hair? like, so
0: what was the purpose of your visit to Fort of Ventura? And I was like, who else is going to go to Fort of Ventura to do what kind of <laughs> nonsense do people get up to in Fort of Ventura for you to ask me that question? So I was like, uh, we were on holiday, and she was like, okay. So what was you know what was it that you did there? And we we're like, oh, I was just recreational like we just we got married recently so we were just having a holiday kind of like i'm thinking
1: i'm not trying to come here for a holiday i live here <laughs> like yeah let me back in
0: and then she goes I think they asked me once but did i
1: go to turkey when i'd been like to the other side of the world or something i'm like you can see i haven't been anywhere near turkey like why are you asking me these weird questions man
0: so then this woman right she asks she goes do you have any hashish in your position i was like hashish <laughs> and i'll say i don't even think my wife knew what hashish was yeah and she was like what and i was looking at her like oh i can't believe this woman has the audacity to ask me if i've just smuggled hashish out of all things if i was to choose to smuggle why on earth would i come back from Fort photo with hashish in my bag and i looked at her and i was like come on you know i don't have hashish in my bag and i was like you want to search me don't you she was like yes i'd like to please yep (laughs) And then I was like, "Okay, please go ahead and look for the hashish." And obviously, she found nothing. And I was like, "This is madness! This is madness!" You know what I mean? The hashish from Fort the Ventura. Thing
1: they think of you know what I mean, like...
0: <laughs> like, the Fort Ventura is well known for that good, good hashish. You know what I mean? It's a well-known destination for hashish oh, smugglers. You got
1: me bussing up here like a lemon.
0: No oh, man, oh. wild. Trust
1: me, your poor wife.
0: <laughs> yeah and then that, that's it now she's stuck with it for for the rest of the time so she has to deal with it but my bro listen it's been a pleasure having you on here man
1: yeah thank you very much sorry if uh i've gone off on a few tangents or not made my point clear
0: enough but... <laughs> nah, but it, is, it is it what it t-
1: is at this point
0: <laughs> yeah we'll see what the state of this is when it gets released but uh nice nah, it's, honestly it's been it's great to catch up great to t- talk to you again after so long and uh our keep you posted because i know you're not a man on social media and stuff so i'll keep you posted on how this one does see if anyone wants to listen to your mo- monotone voice for longer than 10 minutes i don't feel like i'm that monotone anymore maybe your listeners are going to tell me a little differently we'll see it we'll see what the feedback's coming like but no it's been it's been yes. great and you know what man it's always insightful talking to you so i appreciate it bro uh,
1: it's really cool and yeah keep up the podcast we've had some cool guests on here so so honored that i was i was, I was given the call
0: I mean, apparently, according to you, you're waiting for it anyway, so. (laughs) Hey, I'm trying to humble myself towards the end. So, guys, this has been my guest, Imran. I'm your host, Saj. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Subscribe,
1: subscribe, subscribe.